0: Hi, I'm Cody Cunningham, and this is my podcast about the National FFA organization. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the history of FFA, how it came to be, what it is, and what it does now. We have a lot to cover in a short amount of time, so let's get started. In 1917, the Smith-Hughes Act was adopted. It allowed agricultural classes to count for curriculum credits. It became a vocational education program that spread all the way across the country. It allowed kids to become more involved in agricultural activities. Next, in 1925, the Future Farmers of Virginia was established. A group of four Virginia Tech teachers got together to organize the FFB, or the Future Farmers of Virginia. This little organization only allowed boys. This little group would pave the way for the Future Farmers of America, or the FFA. In 1926, the Vocational Agricultural Students held a judging contest. This was the first national conference of the Vocational Agricultural Students. They had a national livestock judging competition. It was held at the American Royal Livestock and Horse Show that was stationed in Kansas City, Missouri. This was the beginning of livestock judging. In 1927, there was the group called the New Farmers of Virginia. This was a separate organization of farmers. The Future Farmers of Virginia did not allow African-Americans into their organizations. The African-Americans then overcame the challenges and created their own organizations. In 1928, Future Farmers of America was established. The group is established in Kansas City, Missouri, and the first national convention was also held in Kansas City, Missouri. There were only 33 members from 18 states present at the convention. Leslie Applegate from New Jersey was elected as the first national president. The NFA, New Farmers of America, also held their first sectional meeting for their members. In the year of 1929, colors were thought about. The national blue and the corn gold colors were adopted as the national colors for the future farmers of America. There were 35 states associated with the FFA at this time, and there was about 1,500 chapters. There was only 30,000 members total. By 1930, the FFA creed had been written and adopted. The FFA creed was written by E.M. Tiffany and the official dress was decided on at the 1930s convention. In 1950, we were signing the bill. This bill granted the FFA organization a federal charter. It also allowed specific it also specified that the agriculture teacher of a school was the chapter advisor. On August 30th, Harry Truman signed this bill and it became the Public Law 81-740. During the year of 1965 there is some merging going on between the two farmers associations. The Future Farmer of Farmers of America merged with the New Farmers of America. This increased the FFA membership by about 50,000 new members. In 1969, women were allowed in the FFA. This allowed women to be able to hold offices and compete at events in their regional and national levels. In 1971, the National FFA Alumni Association was established. This can help active members because they can ask past members about their struggles to see if we can grow off them or change them to make a difference in today's world. Next, in 1973, the first African American was elected to the National FFA office. He was elected to be the secretary, and his name was Fred McClear from Texas. In 1982, the first female National FFA president was elected. Jan Eberly from California was elected as the National FFA president. In 1988, we were changing the name of the FFA organization. The National Future Farmers of America changed its name to the National FFA organization. This was done because there was a growing diversity of jobs in agriculture. By the year 1994, the first African-American National FFA president was elected. His name was Corey Flournoy from Illinois. In 1999, the convention location is changed. For the first time, the national convention is held in Louisville, Kentucky, instead of Kansas City, Missouri there was 46,918 members in attendance. Because there was so many members, it could not be held in Kansas City, Missouri anymore. In 2002, we opened the time capsule. At the 75th National FFA convention held in Louisville, the officers opened up the time capsule from the 50th National FFA convention. In 2006, our location changed again. The National FFA convention was held in Indianapolis, Indiana, for the first time. There is 54,589 members in attendance, more than ever in FFA history. Now that I've packed your brain full of information about the National FFA, I bet you're wondering what else the FFA does. FFA now teaches its members how to work efficiently and effectively. It teaches kindness, gratefulness, and willingness to help out. It continues to give members confidence and skills that they will need throughout their entire lives. Thank you for listening to the Fantastic FFA Podcast. Again, I'm Cody Cunningham, and hopefully next time we'll be able to dive deeper into what FFA teaches and how it helps out in the world right now.